You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as a family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. All right. Good morning. Good morning, saints. So I love, I love what God does every week when we come together. It's always something really specific or unique and... Uh, This week's no exception. I love the idea of going off script. I'm not really good at that so much, but that's how God moves oftentimes. Uh, You know, the Bible says we make our plans, but God orders our steps, right? And uh, I love the, I love everything that's happened here so far this morning. The everything from meow to meow, meow, to um, even the place of vulnerability, our personal vulnerabilities. And I, Thinking about Jesus, even before he raised Lazarus from the dead, the shortest verse in the Bible, what, did he, what does it say? Jesus wept. I mean, the, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he wept. There's this place for your tears and my tears. Even though we know the outcome, right? Even though there's going to be a day, and Sherry, you're going to be back with your dad, and we're going to see our loved ones again. Yesterday, we had um, a funeral for a young girl who um, is the daughter of Kim Holloway. Kim is part of our body, part of CFC, part of the body of Christ. And uh, as sad as it is, there'll be a rejoining. I know her daughter, Ashley, went through her troubles, as we all do. And uh, But I also knew her. I had a relationship with her, and I knew that she was known by God, right? It's one thing that we know God. It's a, it's a whole other thing that he, he knows us, right? And so um, even though we have sorrow and there's weeping through a night, the Bible says joy comes in the morning. And so I'm just excited to be here and just kind of pick up where we left off in worship. Thank you, Gabe and Elaine. And um, it's an honor to be up here. It really is. I understand one thing, though, I'm going to talk about prayer today. I'm going to kind of continue where Greg left off last week. I understand that there are people that I'm speaking to this morning that could pray circles around me. I know that. Um, and it's okay. I'm going to still do the best I can. If I miss stuff, see me after. Some really important things. I remember sitting in the seat listening for 30 years to people preach and they say things about certain things, and I go, I know a lot about that. And I know that the same goes for every single one of you. There's, a, And I've said this before, there's great things happening in your, each of your individual lives. And it's holy, very holy thing, what God is doing individually in your lives. And uh, so I'm, that, that's what gives makes me so honored to be up here today, because I'm... I'm speaking, really, I'm speaking to the choir, but I'm speaking to people who have a unique relationship with God in ways that I can't even fathom. And so it's an honor to even represent God and to speak my humble word today. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go, and I'm going to pray quickly that God would give me utterance and that he would give each of us a hearing ear. Father, we thank you, Lord. For this opportunity, Father, to experience 
your kingship, your lordship, your presence, Lord God. Lord, we know today, Father, that if we saw you straight out, we'd fall flat in our face and probably even cease to exist. But Lord, give us a glimpse. Let us see your glory this morning, Father. Help me to articulate. And Father, give us each hearing ears, seeing eyes, and perceiving hearts for the things of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Any of you ever heard of the definition of insanity? There's a little echo up here. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That is a lie, all right? That is not true in the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9 that we are not to grow weary in well-doing. In due season, we will reap if we faint not. Uh, we meet every Saturday morning as men. Dave Broadbent's our leader, and we pray. And for the last three Saturdays, for example, we've prayed for my son's business to, for, for him to get business. And I have numbers in mind that I throw out to God, and it never comes. But wouldn't it be a shame to give up just because I'm not getting the results I think I ought to get? And that's a truth that we all need to understand. If we faint not... In due season, we will reap. And I'm here this morning to start off this message of prayer saying, don't give up. Get stronger. The books I've read, the stories I've heard about people that have gotten breakthrough from God are people that have persevered and stayed with it. And as they went, their faith didn't diminish, but it increased more and more, there was more energy, more fire, more zeal, more a higher level of being convinced that what God promised would happen, would happen. And that broke the ice, broke the barrier, and God came through. So don't give up. Keep doing it. Stay your routine. Whatever you do for your prayer times, your quiet times, whether it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes or a half an hour or whatever, keep doing it because in due season you will reap. So we talked last week, Greg talked about uh, a purpose of prayer. And he used the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, right? And uh, it basically connects us with the idea of our personal needs being met, our sins forgiven, so it's almost really very personal prayer, except for one part of it, where it talks about keeping earth aligned with heaven, right? That your kingdom come, your will be done on earth that is in heaven. First talking about our needs and forgiveness, and then the big picture, keeping things aligned here on earth. That's what it's part of our prayer is to make sure we're kind of overseers. We're, we're called to watch, right? Watch and pray. And we see things that are off, that aren't in line with what the kingdom of heaven says it should be. We pray, amen? So we covered that last week. This week, I really want to talk about connectivity with God. I want to talk about connectivity with God, the value of that, the power of it. And I also want to talk about advocacy, 
So the, the idea of connecting is a really important aspect as a Christian. We are, this is different than other religions. A lot of other religions, the God is distant, further apart. The idea is there's a big gap between whoever the person is and their God. In our case, it's a matter of who can get the closest or getting close, getting, keeping yourself so you're not far, but you are close. And so it's a matter of this time where we connect with God in such a way that we're sharpened, that we're recharged, that we're calibrating. We're plugging in and it strengthens us. Isaiah 40, 31, I'm going to read this. And I'll actually start a little earlier. 28, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and shall be weary. And young men shall be exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So the idea of waiting is a really big part of what prayer is. Waiting on God. It's not really even so much what I say to God, but it's really what he's downloading in me at the time. You know, the Bible says that he has, he, God knows of what we need before we even ask. And I know the Bible says in James also that we have not because we asked not. But the idea is that God really kind of knows ahead of time what I'm going to, he knows what's on my heart. He can read my mind, my heart. We still pray it. But the bigger part of this prayer time, this quiet time that each of us have is really about waiting. And so a lot of my prayer time is just me presenting myself. I, th I always think of Adam and Eve and they walked to the garden and God came and joined himself with them. And just being present with God. Um, Hosea 12.6 says, wait for your God continually, continually. This, this concept of waiting, we don't wait very well, do we? And uh, as Americans especially, but this time where we go in and we just settle in and find this place, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait, I'm gonna wait. And the, the same idea is 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where it says, um, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And we've all looked at that scripture and wrestled with that. And it's really kind of more that posture of waiting. It says, wait for your God continually. And I'll ask you a question. How many of you get that? How many of you understand that when you wake up in the morning, that you're with God? In some sense, you're not praying back and forth, you're not crying out, you're not worshiping with your hands in the air, but you're, you have this constant awareness that God is right there with you. 
most of you, if I ask you, I would, I would say that most of you could say that. That is me. That's who I am. I'm continually waiting on God. I'm praying without ceasing. A 24-7 posture of waiting. This idea of waiting. What a wonderful concept this is to wait before God. I think about, any of you like watch dog movies? Have you seen the dog? There's, there's horse movies. It's always really nice movies. They feel good type thing. If you think of dog movies, you think of like Marley and Me. Remember Marley and Me? And um, Beethoven, Canine Cop. There was, uh, and I wrote these down, Benji. There's a lot of them. You guys can come up with them. Airbud, Old Yeller. There's all kinds of them. 101 Dalmatians. Remember Lassie? Lady and the Tramp. And then there's Snoopy and Scooby-Doo and Clifford, the big red dog. Homeward Bound. There's a lot of them, right? Because of Winn-Dixie. Remember that one? That one was a good one. Turner and Hooch. And there's a lot more even that I missed, but the one I'm thinking about right now, kind of a deep one, and it was unsettling, the finish of it, but it, it was Hachi. Remember Hachi? And it was Richard Gere that was the, the star in it, and he's the professor, and Hachi follows him to school every day and waits for him, and ends up, ends up and they wait, and they, and they come home together. Well, it turns out that the, the main actor, Richard Gere, dies. And that dog, every day, would go and find that place to wait for him to come out. And he wouldn't give up every day through the rest of that dog's life. Kind of a sad, sad picture, but there's a point here. This idea of waiting and placing yourself in front of the master, just knowing that he's going to come through. That dog never was never convinced that it was over. He was never convinced that there's no use in doing this anymore. And we need to be like that too. We need to be praying and plugging into God as if there's no way it's not going to happen. Amen? So we put ourselves in these quiet times these devotions, we plug in to God. This is part of prayer. David's stronghold, it talked about in the Old Testament. Jesus had lonely places that he would go. Um, the prayer closet. We've heard about the prayer closet. How many of you have a literal prayer closet? Any of you in here? Or, I mean, yeah, there's one. And I, I walk. That's where my prayer place is. The prayer closet. I think you've, there's a movie you've got to see. We talked about movies. Have you seen The War Room? Have you seen that? That's probably my favorite out of all of the recent movies, that the Christian movies. That is a very powerful movie, and it really depicts the idea of battle and, and fighting and the, and the concept of prayer. Um, so we need this time to, to plug in, to get strengthened, to get calibrated, and just even straighten out. Now, if you pull up your iPhones right now, talking about plug-in, and you press settings in general, you're going to see, probably most of you right now, you'll see this software update required at 16.1.2. Anybody know what I, some of you techies know what I'm talking about. That's sitting there 
on your phone waiting to be upgraded, to be plugged in and to be activated. That's the idea. God has got upgrades for you and me. As we wait on him, as we plug ourselves in, these daily times where, like I said, it may be 10 minutes. It's a holy 10 minutes. It may be 20 minutes, maybe a half an hour. It doesn't even matter. Really, it's, that's between you and God. And by the way, the giving thing's between you and God, too. Um, when Sherry was talking about giving, there's no compulsion. It's what, what a man feels in his heart to give. What a, what a person feels, that's what that's all about. It's the same thing for your prayer life. It's what God puts on your heart. Some of us need more. I think about um, I, any Joyce Myers fans in here? Anybody listen to Joyce Myers? I love Joyce Myers. She says, and I, I think I've got this right, like from 5.30 in the morning to 8, she prays. Is that right? Somebody said yes. And uh, she says, I do this so I don't hurt people. <laughs> you know? She's very strong personality. And in her history, um, she came through like a bulldozer. And there's a lot of us that are probably like that. Probably me, probably I'm kind of like that as well. I can do some damage. My wife can attest to that if I'm not in the right state, if, I'm, if I haven't been plugged in. And so the idea is that we are sharpened, we're strengthened, we're recalibrated. You know, it's, it's, a sharp knife is good. And, and people that know something about knives, they understand that a dull knife is what's dangerous, right? Because then you try really hard, you press harder, and cut, then you cut yourself. The idea is that we stay sharp so we're not forcing people in, in a sense. You know what I mean? So this is the, the first idea that I wanted to talk about was, and I think it's so important, even past what Greg was talking about with personal needs, forgiveness, and God's will on earth, we need to plug in. We need to recharge. We need to be strengthened, wait upon God. We need to be calibrated, each of us, so God can get us through our day without hurting people and being who he wants us to be. The second thing I wanted to say today is the idea of advocacy. All right? Um, let's read a section of scripture, Exodus chapter 32. I'm going to read... Um, verses 7 through 14, and then I'll pick, get, pick it up again in 19. This is Moses. Moses is hanging out with God, the idea of prayer here, where he's connected with God, and he's up, up on the hill, and the Lord says to Moses, go down for your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, whoa, and I may consume them, in order that I may make a great nation out of you. That's a good, how do you like that? 
let's get rid of everybody else. I'll make you great. This is Moses' response. But Moses implored the Lord as God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent did he bring them out, to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and all the land that I have promised I will give to your offspring and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the, the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. What a scripture. The Lord relented. The God of the universe changed his mind because of Moses' advocacy, because Moses stood in the gap. And I've had this discussion with several religious type people, and they say, that's not, that, that's not what that means. A man can't change God's mind. And from a religious standpoint, I get where they're coming from, but that's not how I read this. I can't read it any other way. Moses talked God out of destroying his people. He talked him out of it. Can you imagine the power of an advocate? Each and every one of us has this in us, this priesthood ability, Revelation 1.6 says, that we are called to advocate for people, to stand for them. And I'm not going to stand up here and say, you're going to change God's mind with a simple prayer. I won't go to that. But I know that it's possible, that there's something to this here, that there's something that happens when we stand in the gap for people. And God relents. It's not really about him who strives, but it's about God who has mercy. And we heard that, Lord, have mercy. How many times have we heard that in our lives? That's a prayer. That's a prayer. God, have mercy. That's saying, God, back off. Remember your promises. You are a God of mercy. And it actually makes a change. So that's... Um, that's the idea of advocacy. Many, many of us have, how many of you live in like three or four different, you have several worlds you live in. Like, I'll give you an example. I play tennis, all right? And I play, I go to Plattsburgh and I play tennis in Plattsburgh. And then there are some times where I go to Watertown and I play tennis in Watertown. So I got two different worlds of tennis going on there. So one time, my friend from Plattsburgh, I grabbed him. I said, come on, we're going to play a couple guys from Watertown. So we all come together. And the guy in Plattsburgh, his name is Mike, awesome guy. He's a businessman. And then the two guys in Watertown, one's a doctor. Wait, no, one's an attorney. Yeah, one's an attorney and one's a doctor, Dave and Bob. And so we get together, and we're going to play tennis. So I'm in the middle here because I'm bringing these two worlds together. And there's a little bit of conflict right from the start because 
these guys are older. You know how older, crotchety guys are. They, they speak their mind. And, and I'm going, oh. So there's this separation that's starting to happen. And I, I'm, I'm realizing what's going on. So I have the job of bringing them together. My wife knows what I'm talking about. She's smiling. So I'm, I'm have this, and that's our position. We're always taking these different worlds that we have, and you guys have work worlds, uh, neighborhood worlds, and, and um, the biggest world difference that we have is our, the people here on earth that we know that aren't saved and the kingdom of heaven, right? And we're working to try to, try to be in the middle, trying to make things work. That's the advocacy side of this. And so Moses, and here's the key right here, Moses talks to the people about God, right? He comes down, and I didn't read the last part, but let me read it because it's worth reading. Verse 19, it says, As soon as he came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and dancing. His anger burned hot, and he threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made, and burned it with fire, and ground it to powder, and scattered it on the water, and made the people drink it. Whew. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people, that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, let any who have had gold taken it off. So they gave it to me and I threw it into the fire and out came this calf. So it goes on and on and it talks about Moses reconnecting with the people and he talks to them about God and he said you can't do this his anger burned against him and on the other hand he talks to God about the people and he builds this really str the strongest case he possibly could build with God he says remember your promises your mercy that's the only case he really had his God's character in himself and he so he talks to God about the people. He's not the prosecution or the defense. He's both. That's the idea of an advocate. Um, this advocacy concept is necessary in life. And Desmond, I don't know if he's here, but he was at the funeral yesterday. I quoted this. This is Abraham Lincoln. He said, he who represents himself has a fool for a client. And... Uh, we need somebody in the middle in order to make things right. It really is important when there's a difference of object, objective, objectives and opinions. That's where we come in to be advocates. I have a close friend of mine, and um, I brought him to Ted up in Potsdam to purchase a bike. Ted's very strong personality. And my friend that I brought him to buy a bike is, in, Michelle, you're smiling. You know Ted, don't you? My friend that I brought him to buy the bike is equally, or if not more, strong personality person. 
And Ted's a wonderful person. If you can get past that first few moments, he's a giver. Um, I pray for him. But so they, he comes in to buy a bike, and within 10 seconds, there's friction. And I think if I had left it alone, there would have been a fist fight probably in, in about a few minutes down the road. But I had to stand in the middle and bridge this and be the advocate, get in the middle between them. And now they speak well of each other. But that's the idea. Without that middle person in so many of these cases, so many relationships without that middle person, my wife, my poor wife is in the middle between me and the kids oftentimes. Without that, there could be um, divisions that are irreparable. And so that's the place in, the, in, in our case when we advocate for other people before God. There's a rift there. And what we're trying to do is bring things back together. That advocate place is very important. And by the way, um, Putin needs an advocate. There's nobody that can talk to him. And there, that's, that's a big problem. He needs somebody to go to him and say, no calf, <laughs> or whatever the case is. Um, that's the idea of advocacy, the, to bring people, to bring parties together. There's another section in, in Scripture, Acts chapter 7, verses 51 through 60. And this is uh, Stephen. Same, same kind of case in this, in this read right here. Let me just read just a couple of verses, 51 through 53. Um, Stephen gets, he talks to the crowds, and he gives them the whole history of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And he ends it with this. He says, you ready? You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not per persecute? And they killed those who announced before him the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the laws as delivered by the angels and did not keep it. So we all know what happens after that. They take up stones and they stone them. And you go to verse 60, right at the very end. And he says, he fell on his knees and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. So he talks to the people. You straighten out. And he goes to God and says, hold it not against them. That's the picture of an advocate. That's what you and I are called to do. He sides with God when talking to the people. He sides with the people when talking to God. This has always been a thing for me. And I remember way back in my days at Alcoa. You know, we brought in a QA guy, a new Q, and he wasn't doing a great job. And somebody's, and I was, I'm always trying to protect him and, and saying, oh, he's, give him a break. He's trying. Somebody says, oh, Bruce, you look at everybody, everything through rose colored glasses. And I remember that said to me, and I'm going, wow, that's the first time anybody. But um, the idea was, I, I, and I've always been like this. I want to bring people together. And I think the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? And so this is a good thing to be an advocate, to bring people together, especially to bring people to God. Amen? And by the way, the opposite of being an advocate is being a backbiter, 
and a gossiper, right? It's, it's really just the opposite, where you're talking bad about somebody to somebody else's face. You know, I've always known if, if somebody starts talking if somebody starts talking to me bad about somebody else, I know the bells go off right off the bat. They'll do the same to me if they're talking to somebody else too. That's, so if you're, if you're a gossiper or a backbiter, just stop it, okay? This is a, another actually good takeaway. If you're sinning, all right, don't make a big deal out of it. Just stop. Stop it. Can you receive that today? And we're going to talk just about that in a quick moment. But So we're called to be connected to God and connected. To John 17 says, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. We need to be in them. We need to be here. We're the only hope, <laughs> right? If the Christians um, go away, quit the softball leagues, stop hanging out. I'm not sure if I said this before, but I can go to a bar all day long. It's not gonna, it's not gonna affect me. I don't have a problem there. I can't probably hang out and use car lots because that's where I will have a problem. So we know our place. We know what we can take and what we can't, but we need to be in the world and not out of it. We need to be those people that are connected to people so we can connect them to God. There's also the whole idea of Jesus in Luke 23. Just like Stephen, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. There's a reason, Jesus said. They don't know what they're doing. You know when we sin? We don't really know what, we, what we're doing. And a lot of times it's in ignorance. You know, if you uh, run a stop sign, get pulled over. Anybody ever get pulled over for running a stop? Don't raise your hands. Last week? Anybody? No. <laughs> um, ignorance of the law is no excuse, right? You still have to give an account. But we sin. When we sin, we, are, um, we don't really know what we're doing. We don't really know how egregious it, it is. If you think about it, it's always a bad decision. It builds the kingdom of darkness. It's straight out treason. It's heavenly terrorism. Just to understand this, I don't want to put heavy guilt on anybody. I want the Holy Spirit to do that, and the Holy Spirit can do it just fine. But when we sin, we are destroying God's design. We are flying our planes into God's twin towers, if you will. It's not a little thing. As a matter of fact, it was so bad that Moses didn't just say, stop it. He melted that calf down, made it power, mixed it with water, and made them drink it. That's pretty heavy duty. Sin is not a little thing. Um, there was great consequences in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the Old Testament with David when he counted, New Testament with Ananias and Sapphira, major consequences. Thank you, Jesus, that we're not under the law, right? And he made a remedy for our sin, and we are forgiven. Blessed are those whose sins are not counted against them. And so God has made the provision for us. So if we do, have a, if we do sin, what? We have an advocate, <laughs> Right? We have somebody that's covering for us too. And so we need to do the same thing as priests. Revelation 
It's a call. It's a call. Every single one of us. How many of you have a business card? And if you, they don't have business cards anymore, do they? But you should have in your business advocate. That could be a that could be a, a good title. And speaking of movies, I love these single phrase movies, The Fugitive, or what are some of the single ones? The um, I forgot what some of the other ones are. The Fugitive, the the uh, Greatest Showman. There should be a movie, The Advocate. And uh, but that's the place that each of us has been given, been entreated with, each of us, the place of being an advocate for God. So just in summary, we'll um, just let me just quickly review. There's Greg talked about prayer. Started last week with the Our Father, and it's about our needs, forgiveness, cosmic alignment, right? Aligning earth with heaven. I'm talking today about calibration, recharging, restrengthening by being plugged in, by being connected to God. And I'm also talking about this idea of advocacy, the advocate. And um, I'm saying today, just to close, take this seriously. This has changed me even in the last week or so, how I pray. I'm going out, and I use the word, I'm advocating for this person. And how important it is for you to stand in the gap between people. Each of you have your own congregations, probably 12 to 70 people, each of you. Each of you have a responsibility that God is giving, even this morning, I believe, to advocate, to bring them before God and say, God, they don't know what they're doing. Don't hold this sin against them. And then go to that person and say, listen, you've got to make this right. You've got to turn your heart to, to that, that place that we do in prayer to connect, get people reconnected or able to reconnect with God. So make a list. Take on new clients, so to speak. Be an advocate for those. And, and uh, as you go out and pray, I trust that this is going to change just like it did me. I, I trust it's going to change how you pray. I trust you're going to sense a greater responsibility in a good way to stand in the gap between people that need God desperately and the God of grace and mercy, reminding God, you're a, you're a God of mercy. Remember your promises. God, have mercy. Can we just stand for it together? I'm going to just pray and we'll close. Father, we just... Um, we're grateful this morning, Lord God, that we're co-laborers with you. Lord, that we each have assignments from heaven. Very important assignments from heaven. Lord, you've entrusted us with the loved ones, the people around us, that our neighbors, our family members, our co-workers, Lord God. 
all of our relatives, of course. Lord, we consider this, Lord God, a high thing this morning. Father, help us, Lord God, to be those, Father, that you can count on. To be those that all those people I just mentioned can count on, Father. They don't know they're wandering, Lord. But we know, Lord God. So, Father, we take our place this morning, each of us, as advocates. Lord, we commit our lives today to, Father, to plug into you, Father, to get that software upgrade. Lord, not leave it hanging out there days at a time and weeks at a time, but we're connected with you. We're waiting with you for you, Lord God. Father, that we're praying for our needs. Father, we're praying for forgiveness, asking for forgiveness and forgiving others. And Father, we're helping to align this earth in our prayers with the plan of heaven. Lord, we just come before you as your servants. Lord, that we would be pleasing to you today, Lord God, in the area of prayer. And I know there's going to be more. Lord God, teach us more as we go through this time of learning about prayer, Father, that we could be productive and effectual. And Lord, that on that day, Father, there will be, we will see all the connections that were made because of our faithfulness, Lord God, to the call to be advocates, Lord. Pray that, Lord God. I pray blessing over every person here, comfort and peace. Lord, I pray for each of us, Lord God, in these difficult relationships, Lord. We've heard about so many, some deaths this week and difficult situations. Help us, Father, to process properly and be committed and devoted to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.